All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me coming to you live from a basement that definitely looks like the episode, one of the many episodes of Dexter where something horrible is about to happen. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. And Brandon, I only bring that up because... Yesterday, you posted a video clip as we are recording now. I'm in South Bend getting ready for my family's golf tournament that's going to be coming up this following Monday that we will have a lot more to talk about through the course of this week. But I've started recording where my dad records these podcasts, Golik and Smetty, that you guys can check out in my parents' basement out here. And there's just a bunch of plastic around everywhere. So when the video hit the internet, it took all of five seconds for somebody to ask why I am doing this from the set of Dexter. So I am happy that people are paying that much attention. I do not have a real answer for this other than this is just how my dad operates, where it was the best room for this. It is kind of soundproofy down here, and it is a way from making noise that would bother my mom or the dogs, which are really the things that he's got to worry about. It's very important. People don't consider in podcasting world, you're listening to us. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Our ears, our voices are in your heads, but the people around, the people around us, they have to hear these uh, secondhand smoke of conversations of just just loudness and and just energy and 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 anything uh, heat and sweat. Well, and they're also only hearing one side of it. Like it's like being in the airport when you hear someone on their phone and you're yes. just hearing one side of a conversation through eavesdropping and you don't know what the other person's saying. And especially in discussions like this, that feels like you're losing out on a little bit of things. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And my favorite thing to do is to ear hustle a nice conversation. Like eavesdropping, I call it ear hustling. Uh, ear hustling conversations, especially with your significant other um, at a restaurant, at a place. I, listen, I just I heard a guy next to me the other day in breakfast lying to his wife saying that this is the first time Steph Curry's won an MVP. And, uh, and it, it just got down a, a long rabbit hole, and I was just enjoying their conversation as incorrect as it was. Well, do you think he meant a finals MVP? I, I, I was, okay, spoiler alert. They kept talking. He ended up looking it up and, and correcting himself. Uh, oh. Yeah, he was, he was about to, he was like, it was just so surprising. You've heard how great Steph has been for so long, and uh, it's first time winning MVP. So it's pretty, pretty special, pretty special NBA championship that just happened. Was, shout out, shout zero out. F's. I, well, I was going to ask if she didn't care enough or if she pushed back on that enough and forced him to actually fact check this. Well, that's the thing, though. I think I do think there's an older couple since we're talking about these people. There was a little bit of the twinge. I feel like she was a bit of a baller at one point in time to like to push him to be like, oh, I'm not sure. And I don't know, just because I was sitting next to him in black, he was trying to goat me into a conversation with him about basketball. So, you know, I just. I just left it alone. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> I'm doing good. This is, by the way, this whole exercise, one of my favorite writing prompts that you and I ever had in a class, which was to go out and to listen to as you walked by someone, some you ear hustle, a little bit of a conversation, yes. and then you had to write the prompt off of it. It is a fascinating game that is also up there with my other favorite game, which is when you're stuff in stuck in traffic to look out at the other people that are your car neighbors and try and construct how they got to where they were in life based on mm. what you've seen from them inside the car. Some people you see, I'm like, my favorite thing is when I see a group of kids in a car, windows rolled down in the summer, and they're all singing some song because, like, then they're on their way or coming from something fun maybe they went and tubed the river that day maybe they're going to a party Tube at kevin Cle river maybe they're going to a party at kevin's house tonight and they're all really oh, excited for it they're all at kevin's definitely kevin's yeah. mom doesn't mind them drinking no they, exactly she, she'd rather you do it at, at the house than, wants, than anywhere else you know wants it to be a safe environment they're all getting ready to go to college she doesn't want yes. them to go unprepared here it's a story you've heard a hundred times or maybe you see someone who is berating another person in their car, shouting on the phone. Like it is an infinite world of possibilities, but it goes back to what you and I at an English class at Notre Dame had to do, which was basically eavesdrop on a conversation and then try and recreate the whole thing. I think it's fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I guess I do a little bit of that when it comes to driving, but it's just so unfair, especially in Louisville, the, you don't want to judge people for their vehicles. There's a lot of hand-me-down vehicles that are, that are getting tossed around in the Midwest. And then also, you know, if you're a place like Louisville where you can get places via the back roads and not the highways, a lot of lemons running around here. A lot, lot, of, lot, of, lot of cars that can't go over 40 miles an hour. I want to make it clear, not judging the car. I want to look at what's inside the car. Of course. It's, it of is part course. of the story, but it is not the whole story here. Because, yes. again, we're building out narrative universes in this <laughs> That being said, Brandon, a much more real universe that we saw take place yesterday. Before we get to, and we had an awesome show today, very excited because we know so much of the NBA news is going to start to be about free agency that comes up at the mm -hmm. beginning of July. And we saw Shams put out the report that the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving appear to be at an impasse. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, I thought that was going to be more of a bump, bump, bump. Oh, my bad. I, okay, wait one second. Say it again. According to Shams putting out the report through The Athletic, 
Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets appear to be at an impasse. Boom, boom, boom. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Solid, solid effort all around on both horn varieties. We'll use the second take. There we go. Listen, we, you know, we'll use them both. They're both a rap air horn is always welcome around these parts too. But with that in mind, obviously big news as it sounds like the way Kyrie Irving and the Nets see each other privately, publicly has not vibed. And so now Kyrie Irving, who can opt out of his contract on July, June 29th and become a free agent, certainly going to weigh heavy on a lot of people. We'll talk to Christian Winfield, a uh, guy who covers the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA for the New York Daily News. Get all this on him because quietly, Christian Winfield had been reporting on this back in May that all things might not be well. So want to get his inside view of this. He does an outstanding job covering that team and everything around it. So we'll get you plenty of information on that. Forgive me for sounding like a LeBron homer, but he was right about Kyrie. I mean, LeBron was the best coach Kyrie ever had. I mean, I, I just... You know, we're not going to talk about this with, with, with Christian, but I just feel like maybe if he came back home with his original NBA dad, you know, maybe some rings could possibly be in his future. But, I, you know, hard-headed children, you know how they are. They want to make it on their own and until they don't. But uh, I, I, will, I, I digress. I will say at this point, we know Kyrie Irving has proven difficult. However you want to couch that, as a teammate and as a workmate at a variety of stops now to the point where at some point we've got to look inward at that. I do think, as you mentioned, and we've seen it trending all over the place as people were talking about this yesterday, the Lakers were a name that came up right away in Shams reporting, as well as the Knicks. Like those are two organizations and especially the Lakers who are dealing with the Russell Westbrook contract as an albatross around their neck that mm. might be desperate enough to say sort of like we talk about Batman and the Joker in their desperation. They turn to a man whose intentions they could hardly understand. And that Ooh. might be the place that the Lakers would find themselves in. Like I'm Brandon. I don't know. You're a Lakers fan. I don't try and speak for that fan base often because it can be very confusing at times. There's a lot of factions, but I feel like Kyrie Irving, if it meant them getting away from Russell Westbrook, even though Russell Westbrook, someone who I think you can count on much more day in and day out as far as what he's going to give you as an employee and as a teammate from a talent standpoint here, we know what works in that town. And Kyrie and LeBron have shown they can make it work before. That might be an organization that would be desperate enough to go and try for something like this. Because he's still, like, he's still incredible when he's on the court. There is no denying that. Right. Oh, yes. And I, we'd be lucky to get to exchange the talents of Russell Westbrook for the talents of Kyrie Irving, even on a halftime basis or a part-time basis. But I will say, work-life balance, Los Angeles, I feel like, you know, we might be right up Kyrie Irving's alley. Uh, out, out in L.A. The, the Bye. Loose, I, uh, I think Braxton Cave, our, our friend we talked about on his podcast. Former uh, teammate. You were, former teammate. You were just in the car with him earlier yesterday. Uh, he said when he came out to L.A., he's like, do people have jobs? Like, what is everyone doing with their time? Do people work here? And that's a common that's a common uh, slight when people go out to L.A. and see people working from home on the beach. But uh, it's just it's just different vibes. I think we'd I think we'd mess with Kyrie. I think Kyrie would continue to open up his third eye in Los Angeles. Strictly strictly vibes. So that'll be 
an interesting subplot to watch as this all unfolds. We'll talk to Christian about all of that. Brandon, I can tell you where people were also not working in California yesterday, and that was up in the Bay Area because the Golden State Warriors had their championship parade, and it did not come and go without incident. Obviously, we had the usual things in here. Draymond Green up on the microphone reminding people, I told y'all, don't let us win a fucking championship, and clearly nobody could stop it. You had Also, he said... said, uh... Fuck everybody else. You know, that was that that made the made the rounds. Got that got that all in there. Gary Payton the second went out and lived up to a man of his word, ditched his shirt very early on in the day in the homage to what now feels like the J.R. Smith role and necessary in every championship from here on out. Sure. Everyone is looking for someone who is willing to go out there and just do this thing shirtless, which to each their own. I'm glad that everyone has the body confidence to do that. We love to see that. Amen. But, uh, Brandon, the real incident came in Clay Thompson, who, in the midst of this celebration, I think lived out a lot of people's fears in a variety of ways. Mm. So, Clay Thompson was seen on video tripping during the celebration, trying to catch himself so he wouldn't fall, so he's speeding up and trying to get his legs underneath him, and ends up full-on spearing a female Warriors fan with his shoulder sends her to the ground. Now, thankfully she gets up very quickly, seems to be very much. Okay. Clay tries to play it off and keep going. He's likely got a pretty healthy buzz going. So I'm not sure his body's feeling any of this pain, but uh, Brandon, that ended up being the highlight of the day. I saw former football legend, Charles Woodson comment on this and say that he thought it was a perfectly legal hit, but he would like to see Clay keep his head up a little bit more. Absolutely. You got to keep your head up, Clay. You said he was trying to catch himself. His legs barely got under himself before when he made contact with the young lady. And uh, he's out here laying out fans uh, left and right. Uh, Like, okay, I'm not going to bring up the mouse in the palace, but it it did. It did (laughs) did seem quite violent to be happening, happening at. The Golden State Warriors parade. It just sucks because no one likes falling in public. There's almost no way that that works out where it looks good. Falling when you're drunk is also scary because it tends to happen in a little bit of slow motion. And I'm just going to go ahead and assume that this Warriors team has been very honest about that. Steve Kerr said in an interview the morning after the game, I'm pretty hungover right now. Like I enjoy people that just wear it and say what we all know is true. And falling when you're drunk kind of sucks, even though your body's a little bit more conditioned to be able to take it. But like you said, it's the storm drains, man. Like I know everyone, like especially you lived in New York for a while, lived in New mm-hmm. Jersey, like being around there, you kind of try and avoid that if you can. Your footwear is super dependent on that. But that's another fear is now every time Clay's going out that he's gonna think twice from here on out. True. I do want to uh, clarify that when I was spending my time in the 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 mean streets of New York City, I would purposefully step on grates because I'm very hefty and I figured the the state of New York City, the state, the city would have a pretty nice payout for, oh, for yeah. injuries. So I, I, I didn't, do, I didn't do any jumping. But I, if you guys have been on streets of New York, there's those little, uh, basically, it's like basement doors that lead to the street for restaurants to come yeah, in and out of, like a, like like a cellar door. Right. 
I'm stepping on all those shits. I'm all over everywhere. I'm, I'm testing the strength of all the greats in New York City walking around, uh, except for when the steam. That's really hot. Like, I know Marilyn Monroe did a little cute thing. That, that's She burned up her legs. That's, that's, that's hot in New York City. You don't want to play around with that, that steam coming up from the manholes. But I'm trying I'm, to listen, they sturdy. And, and I'm here to testify that it's not as easy as just walking on them. The, the, the city doesn't give away so much money. They're like, we're going to put these bolts. Brandon's walking around New York City yelling, someone is going to pay me this money and I'm going to walk on every yes. one of these drains until that happens. Brandon, you know who else is walking around New York City saying someone is going to pay me my money? That would be Kyrie Irving. So Ooh. we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News about the latest in Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets and what the future holds for those two parties. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So we got Kyrie and the Nets in the news, which means there is only one place that I feel comfortable turning. Christian Winfield, you guys know him, reporting on the Nets in the NBA at the New York Daily News. And also a man with an immaculate understanding of vibes right now, just lit a candle to do this <laughs> podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for setting the tone for this one right off the bat. What's going on, Christian? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's me. Oh, I have to show you guys since we're here. I have an NFT version of myself wow. literally right there. NFT all-star for, the, for, the, for life, man. It's going dead. I'm doing good, though, man. I just left the gym. Haven't even taken a shower yet. I feel nasty, but it's all right. We'll, we'll take the shower after the podcast. How you guys man. doing? grinding through well i always said i always tend to sweat like crazy during podcasts so man maybe that's good we don't want to get you in the lather right after you <laughs> right. <the> hours. <laughs> right not yeah. the lather that's <laughs> that sounds terrible man oh it does i want to know what the gym life is like in new york city right now um it, it depends on the day so today it was pretty light there was like nobody in there i don't know why but usually it's kind of like a party at the gym because everybody wants it. it depends on the day. Right. So like Monday, Tuesday, it'll be crowded. Wednesday, people start falling off because they're, they're not going to be consistent. Friday, everybody's trying to get in the gym before Saturday. It, it's crazy, but it's a good time. I'm trying to you know what I'm, saying? I'm trying to cut down some. Mm. I got I got to get right, man. Summer's already here. So it's game time. 
Exactly. Yeah, right. Got the Hoochie Daddy shorts lined up here. We're all ready to Listen, go for the summer. I'm man. wearing them right now, man. I would stand <laughs> up, but there we you go. guys don't need to see all that. We're good to go. No, you know what? Podcasting, the very famously visual medium. That's just an audio <laughs> treat for everyone listening out there right now, letting you know that Christian is, in fact, about that life. If Listen, you see him out here in the summer, you know what time it is. Absolutely. See, couldn't have said it better myself. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> there we go. Now that now that we have firmly got his business out there in the streets for everyone that was wondering about the fashion and gym habits for Christian, let's dive into a little yeah. bit of what's going on here because, man, everyone kind of went nuts. As we saw the report from Shams about Kyrie Irving and the Nets reportedly being at an impasse about his future in Brooklyn, clearing the way for the seven-time All-Star. They mentioned the Lakers and Nick, some of the potential suitors here. But Christian, obviously the reason we wanted to and so many other people have wanted to talk to you is because you had been reporting on this all the way back, you know, it was it May 25th. You wrote yeah. the article basically saying that the Nets had been playing with fire with this situation. So it, it, take us back to when you first started to kind of hear word about what this has become now, that there might actually be enough unrest between Kyrie and the organization for it to get to a point where we talk about a departure as reality. Sure. So this started, and oddly enough, Sean Marks would probably agree with me saying this. This started when Sean said, after Kevin signed his extension that James and Kyrie were about to be signed, sealed, delivered, basically that those guys were going to sign extensions. That, that didn't happen. Right. And, and then we get to the season that was what do whatever you want to call it with Kyrie and the vaccine mandates here in the city. And look, everybody has a different opinion on vaccines. You know, I just happen to believe that whatever one wants to do with their body, they should be able to do and whatever they don't want to do with their body, they shouldn't have to do. Right. But at the same time, You've got to also factor in that this is a, a public health crisis, right? You've got teammates who are vaccinated that you don't want to put them at risk as well. And this just creates an entire situation here where Kyrie is not available for I, I've never seen anything like this. This is your star player who is healthy, who is one of the best players in, uh, in NBA history, in my opinion, who is now not playing with Kevin Durant, with mm -hmm. James Harden and the ripple effect that that has on everything. James Harden once out forces a trade with with the quickness. He got out of there basically as soon as we realized Kyrie wasn't going to play. Then Kevin Durant gets hurt. That 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 losing streak happens. You lose 11 straight. Now everybody's looking at Kyrie. Kyrie comes back and. You can't you can't win a championship like that. Right. And now you, you fast forward to free agency. Well, which is where we're about to be when the offseason comes. Kyrie says he wants to resign here, be part of however. What do you say? Co-manage the franchise with with Joe Sire, right? co-manage the franchise that these guys aren't even sure if they want you to be a part of anymore. And a week after he says that, Sean Mark says, hey, we want people who are going to be here full time, who are committed to playing basketball, says that twice in one week. Or he says it on Yes Network, then he tells the media, right? So at that point, now you've got a difference in opinion. And now you're starting to see, okay, maybe this isn't what we thought it would be. And then from there, it just kind of has taken a life of its own because now we're, we're, in, we're in a real situation now where we're possibly seeing the Nets not having Kyrie Irving for next season. I don't know who would have thought about that before, but that's where we're at right now. And it's a tough pill to swallow if you're the Nets because if you lose Kyrie and you lose James Harden, what do you have to keep Kevin Durant here? You have Ben Simmons who just got back surgery. I hope Ben Simmons can come back 100% next season and play like the Ben Simmons we saw play two years ago. I don't know that that's a real possibility. And if Kyrie walks in free agency, you, they, the Nets don't have any cap space to sign another max guy. So they'd have to do a sign and trade under duress, which means they're not going to get the match of assets. It's a bad situation, which is why I always say, hey, 
re-sign him and bite the bullet. Like mm. this guy wants to win a championship. He wants to play with Kevin Durant, right? That that we know that to be true. There's just been circumstances, and uh, I might be going on a rant here, but this started last season when Kyrie sat those games because of the insurrection at the Capitol. If Kyrie yep. doesn't sit those games. I think this year everyone says, okay, COVID-19 is crazy, vaccines, you, whatever you don't want to do with your body, understand. But now you've got a history of putting other things in front of basketball, and that's where the Nets are. They're not sold that he is committed to being a part of the franchise full time. You see both sides. It's, it, that's, why, that's why Sham said impasse. You know? it's, that's where they are right now. So I, that, it's hard for me to be shocked by this. Sure. Right. At this point in time, just because of everything you laid out and the fact that Kyrie, in my opinion, has played his way out of max deal money by not being available for the Brooklyn Nets. And I, he wants to play with Kyrie. Or excuse me. He wants to play with KD. But we know Kyrie wants a lot more than to just play basketball. Kevin Durant. That's sure. why we're in this predicament in the first place. So with that. Just how surprising is this really? Because this seems to be habitually the way Kyrie handles his business when it comes to what franchise he's a part of, when, when it comes to which franchise he's gifting his gifts to. Right. You, it's not surprising at all. Unfortunately, and that's the unfortunate reality. He is one of the most talented players that we've seen. I've seen him make plays at Barclays Center that I can't even explain what he's doing with the ball. It's just, it's like wizardry, you know? And you know, when Stephen A. Smith says box office, that's Kyrie Irving is exactly that. People file through into the arena to watch him. It's like you're watching street ball. But at the same time, I mean, when he first got to Brooklyn, you saw those reports from ESPN where he was, well, I think, I think the word they used was making front office executives turn in their stomachs or something like that. Somebody at ESPN wrote about that. And it's like, okay, this is happening again, right? Everywhere he goes, looking at Boston, looking at how things ended in Cleveland, it's always something. And it's unfortunate, right? Because we, I just want to watch him play. I think we all just want to watch him play and see what he can do, especially what you want to see him in the playoffs, right? And that's what's in the back of everybody's mind is, man, last season when you had James Harden and you had Kyrie Irving, you had Kevin Durant, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, I was in Milwaukee when he got hurt. That was the end of the series right there because James Harden was already dealing with a hamstring. If you have a healthy Kyrie Irving, a healthy Kevin Durant, and we're talking about bringing a healthy Ben Simmons in, I'm, I'm hoping and assuming that the best is coming for Ben Simmons because he's had a rough go in the last year and change, right? I, I think we all like a good comeback story and he's talented right so if he's coming back and he's being the best version of yeah. himself with Kyrie with KD and they build around those pieces that's a championship roster in my opinion it's just on the nets not to mess it up and this is where it could happen in the next 10 days when you first reported and wrote the article about this part of the conversation was that Kevin Durant and Nets management hadn't really spoken up until that point in the offseason. And sure. a lot of people could write that off and say, hey, you just got done with a long season here. Lots of players like to go. We just got done doing the thing with Anthony Davis talking about he hadn't picked up a basketball since yeah. their series in April 5th. Like Everyone likes to do different things with their offseason. And Lord knows Kevin has his hand in a lot of things outside basketball Absolutely. as well. But um. Have we heard of or have you heard of from anyone any more communication between Kevin Durant and this front office on what his wishes are in this? Because I feel like that still has to go a long way in how this is discussed internally for them. You, you know, I would assume they've spoken at this point, especially if you're coming out with de declarative statements about what's going on in the offseason. But I haven't heard anything different. But I, I do want to kind of rein in on that. Like the Nets had championship aspirations. They got swept out of the first round. 
I, I'd need some space to myself. I think everyone needed that time to themselves just to kind of swallow what had just happened because that's that's a tough pill, man. These guys were, you know, dealing with injuries, dealing with COVID, bring Kyrie back, chain, trade James Harden, come in. Maybe you get Ben Simmons, maybe you don't. The the communication on that was kind of was kind of wishy-washy. And then to get swept out by the Celtics, who the Nets felt that they weren't that far away from beating in that series, which was it was kind of mind blowing to me that a team could be losing every single game and saying we're not that far off. But in reality, <laughs> when you look at the point spread and how the Celtics won some of those games, they felt like they were in that series up until you see a four and zero in in the in the playoff column. But at the end of the day, I mean. It's tough. I do think at this point they're going to have to come to some sort of, of consensus here, whether that's the front office saying, hey, we're not moving forward with Kyrie. This is what we're going to do. The worst case scenario is Kyrie leaving and you not getting anything in return. The The next worst case scenario is obviously get doing a sign in trade and, you know, selling low on a guy that talented. What you really want to do is have KD and Kyrie together, but you just want to have some some I guess some law and order with Kyrie, right? You want him to be playing all these games, and you want him to be fully committed. It just doesn't appear that they've come to a consensus on that. So I would assume that Sean and Kevin have spoken, and they're they're moving in lockstep. But at the same time, I, I honestly don't know. I, I would say this too, like, and you're right. There's a lot of this that we're not going to be able to know, but knowing what you know about this organization and sure. Kevin Durant, their star player, which I understand is always a tough thing to try and get our arms around with KD because sure. he tends to not move the way most do. But in a league where players, especially stars do seem to have, if not, you know, the LeBron GM type thing, but yeah. a fair amount of saying what happens that however this works out with Kyrie Irving, it will have to have been at least in some ways supported by Kevin Durant behind the scenes. Is that fair to say? I would say that, but I would also say, you know, the Nets have moved with Kevin Durant support up until this time and look at what it's gotten them so far. Right. Like Kevin has had a significant amount of input. At least that's this is what Sean Marks has said. He said he spoke. He speaks to Kevin. He speaks to all the top players as to what the roster is going to look like, because that's what you should do. But at a certain point, I feel like the Nets have feel, are feeling like some of this has gotten away from them a little bit. Right. In terms of just control over the franchise and the direction that it's going. And that's part of the deal. Sometimes when you trade those young players that you were developing for the stars and then you fire the head coach who helped get you there and you bring in somebody else like some of that happens. But at a certain point, you know, they've got to decide what type of franchise they're going to be. And I think that we're going to see that in the next few days. Um, and, you know, it, it's a thing. We have to understand that when you sign guys to $200 million contracts, you've got to have their input. They've got to be on board. So I would assume that Kevin is on board with what they're doing. But if they trade him, if they trade Kyrie and Kevin's not on board with that, that's probably worst, worst case scenario, because now Kevin's feeling like, hey, I, I don't know if I can trust these guys. I want to start this next preamble off saying that I definitely want to talk about where Kyrie should go next because Lakers Knicks it's just too sexy not to talk about but sure how much of this is on the Brooklyn Nets we're talking about franchises right you can have these big stars go to it you took think about when LeBron joined up sure uh with Miami Heat Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra made sure. those dreams come true because they had a hold on the franchise. Like how much of this is on Steve Nash, like like on the shoulders of the people at the helm making the decisions around these superstars in the for the Brooklyn Nets? You know, you know, that's an interesting question because so much of what's gone wrong for Brooklyn has just been outside of their control. Right. Like Steve Nash, for example, you, I, I wrote a story earlier this year saying that the Nets should have hired Ime Udoka instead of Steve Nash and maybe mm. they'd be in a different place. 
But then if you just look at the hand Steve's been dealt this year, and I am no Steve Nash apologist. I mean, look, Kyrie, no vaccine. You got Kevin getting hurt for a month and a half. James Harden getting traded, getting Ben Simmons back, who didn't play at all. Right. You've got Joe Harris getting hurt in November, reincorporating Kyrie back. COVID comes and that's have 13 players in health and in the health and safety protocol still beat the 76ers with Kevin Durant and four rookies on the floor. I watched that game in person. God is my witness. It was amazing. And to get to the playoffs after you were the first seed dropping all the way down to 10th, make the play in. I mean, at some point, the Nets kind of have to say, OK, this season was crazy. Let's see what happens in another season that's not so crazy, which is why I think Steve Nash deserves another shot and this Nets front office in general, because they assembled this. They, they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving here. Right. You lost James Harden. Sure. But now you have Ben Simmons. who so you hope is healthy and you have tools to add to this roster. So I think at a certain point, if, if everybody just slows down and remembers that, number one, Kyrie is one of the most skilled players ever. Let's keep him here with Kevin Durant, who was also one of the most skilled players ever they're going to be perpetually knocking on the door of a championship. They might not win it in four years in a row. They might not win it to hell. They might not win it at all, but they'll be knocking on that door every year. They'll always be favorites if you keep Kyrie and Katie together. And that's why you do that. So uh, to, your, to your question, yes, the Nets do some deserve some blame for how they've handled things. I mean, one thing they did, which was, which blew my mind, was trading Spencer Dinwiddie for nothing. Traded Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie to the Wizards for a trade exception. I mean, I guess we can see what they do with that, but tell me you couldn't have gotten at least one player that could have helped you. They cut James Johnson at the end of the season for to create space for a rookie who they didn't even play in the playoffs. I think James Johnson would have helped them against a team like the Celtics. Sure, we can go down the list of decisions that they made, but end of the day, I think just things that were outside of their control, injuries, COVID, James Harden requesting a trade kind of ruined the season for them. Oh, I can't I can't let Kyrie off the hook for deciding not to get vaccinated. I mean, True. that really yeah. set everything off. Right. I mean, if he decides to get vaccinated, we have a different we have a different story. And I do want to go to one decision. And I so know so much of this ends up becoming revisionist history. But as we try sure. and diagnose what's happening going forward, I don't feel like we can do that without addressing. I think the one big decision that happened in the middle of the season that I wonder if the Nets have any regret about. And that is when they came out at the beginning of the year, they said, we are not going to have part-time employees. And then you get halfway through the season and all of a sudden things aren't going well. And you have got the super talented player that all of a sudden you break glass in case of emergency for and allow to have his way and play in the home games. Is there any blame to be levied there? Like if they had stuck to their guns and not gone down that path, do you think this looks any different for them in a way that helps the nets out of the current situation they're in? You, you know, sometimes, and I, and I tweeted about this earlier. Sometimes I think the inverse might, might've helped them if they just decided from jump, mm -hmm. Hey, Kyrie can play part-time, right? Now you're talking about cohesion. Well, you have an opportunity to get two months back that you lost at the beginning of the season by mm -hmm. not letting him play, right? And now maybe James Harden gets into a rhythm and says, okay, I can get used to this. When's the mandate going to come down? Okay, we can. let's just do this until March. They knew at some point that baseball was going to start knocking on the door with their unvaccinated players saying, hey, yeah. the city's got to do something, right? They, they should have seen that coming. So to, to it, it's, yes, you, to answer your question, yes, that, that decision that they made not to let Kyrie uh, play part-time or even walking it back. I mean, I, I was on the side that, Hey, whenever you have a top 75 player, I think he got snubbed from that list. Whenever you have a top 75 player, whenever you can have him on the floor part-time or not, let it happen. Right. And just punting that down. And, but at the same time, they got off to a really good start without him. Right. The things started falling apart for them when Kevin Durant got hurt. Right. Cause then they're playing catch up. And that's why I always say, Hey, run it back one more time. Then you can really make a decision as to who needs to go, who doesn't need to go.
Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust and it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit and Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Is there any version of this? Because now, and to kind of set the table for what we have going forward, yeah. June 29th is the day for Kyrie Irving where he has to decide if he is going to opt out and test true free agency here. Yeah. NBA free agency starts July 1st, like you mentioned. Is there any world where you think Kyrie Irving is back on this team for anything less than the max? Um, I think he's going to get the highest amount of money he can get every year. Right. So, so maybe he doesn't get a five-year max. I don't think there's a world where he gets a five-year max. I think that's, that's so far gone. That's been so far gone for two years now. I, I think that in my mind, I think a three-year deal is probably where it ends up. And I think you have to give him max money, no matter what you do, because this guy is, I mean, we you see the numbers, you see what he did. I mean, he hung 60, on, on the magic and Cole Anthony came out not too long ago said he's the hardest person to guard. I mean, obviously he gave you guys 60. That's what he, that's what he can do. Right. And that's, it's not just 60. It's the shot that he hit in, in Cleveland or for Cleveland to give them the championship. It's the times he's come up big and everyone's going to knock on, put, you know, knock on him a little bit. Oh, when he was the only person on his team, he didn't lead the Cavaliers to win. Well, he's not the only person on his team anymore. He's got KD, he's got Ben Simmons. This is a guy that you give max money. The question is, do you give him max years? I think max years is no max mm. money per year is, Yes, I think, you know, I think it depends on how the Nets want to play it. Part of me thinks the Nets want to, you know, have Kyrie opt in for thirty six and a half million, which is basically a one year deal. And that's basically to him, them telling him, hey, prove that you deserve more years by showing us you're committed to, to the team. But at the same time, you have to look at Kyrie's injury history. If Kyrie gets hurt, which is possible, Kyrie could it's, it's actually likely if he gets hurt and it's something serious. Now he has no long term insurance. And as an athlete, I mean, you know that that's no fun, right? He can't do that. So that's where this impasse is right now. And I think the Nets are going to have to be the ones that capitulate a little bit here. And I think it starts with a three-year deal. Okay. This is a scorch earth theory. Uh-oh. I want okay. I want Kyrie out of, out of the Brooklyn Nets. It was oh, a my. failure. Okay. Kevin Durant said, why, why is that important? Here's, here's, here's something. Here's <laughs> on 30. Oh, no. Here's on 30. Oh, no. Well, because I do think the East is wide open at – 
And somebody like Kyrie Irving wanting to to float makes it that much more interesting. So uh, say Kyrie Irving does not, they don't, they don't figure it out. The Brooklyn Nets, it's, it's, you know, they, they cut their losses. Where does he go and why? Uh, So there's two ways that he can go, right? One is as a free agent and the other is opting in for a sign and trade. Um, I think if there's a sign and trade, maybe it's to the Lakers in a deal. It has to be a three team deal. I don't think the Nets want Russell Westbrook. Um, I think they want another team to take Russell Westbrook and they want those other guys that they can add to support a team with two stars and Kevin Durant and you're hoping Ben Simmons. Um, But if he leaves in free agency, that's if he opts out and then finds a deal. Um, I the, the, the scenario that I love most is him going to San Antonio because San Antonio has money to sign him. San Antonio. And, and here's the thing for a team that signs a free agent. I think this is for everybody. December 15th is the date that you can trade him. Right. So he has to. So he has to play for them for a few months first. Imagine Kyrie going to San Antonio playing, looking like I don't know what you want to call him, looking like Kobe. God rest his soul for Greg Popovich. And now other teams want to trade for him. Right. And now mm. you're the Spurs. You're about to trade Kyrie Irving, whose value you just shot up. And you're going to get draft draft assets and young players in that deal. And Kyrie's going to get to go wherever he wants to go. That's what I think the Nets need to look out for. If that happens, they're not getting anybody in return because they don't have cap space. Now you've just got Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons and role players. That's not a championship. So that those those are two. That's why I'm just telling I'm trying to say, man, if they don't re-sign him to the uh, deal of his liking, it's going to get bad. And this is what happens when you sign him in the first place four years ago because now you're in this predicament that you probably could have seen coming, but you thought that you'd get a championship out of it and you haven't done it yet. Yeah, is, do you think there is any regret on that part of like just going down this path to begin with? Oh, or no. Are they just, no, no, they no, just no, so no. good you can't possibly? When, when it's on the table, you have to do it, right? When you have an opportunity to get Kobe and Shaq and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not Kobe and Shaq as a duo because they haven't had that success. But in terms of just talent, and what they're able to do. I mean, when you're able to put that team and then you had James Harden in the mix, you had James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the same team and you just came up short. It's tough. I, I think I would do it 10 times over again. But I think the the decisions along the way they want back uh, and there's been a few of them that they let get away from them. I, I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. I agree with you there. Like yeah. this is a culmination of a lot of decisions along the way but I think at the beginning of that this is a league still largely driven by talent no matter what people wanted us to believe after Milwaukee season which you know you have a freak show a space sailing and land in your backyard you get to operate a little bit different than most people and claim the homegrown thing like not everyone gets that luxury certainly Brooklyn hasn't had that luxury so I just wanted to be clear on that look at what they did though they developed D'Angelo Russell after he was looking like a lost player in Los Angeles turned Karis LeVert into what he became Spencer Dinwiddie Jared Allen just got the bag and you basically took that and flipped it into Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and for a second James Harden that's great yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a shame Sean Marks would never get a GM and executive of the year, right? Because of what he did over the course of his of his his tenure so far has been amazing. But it's just the the little, like I said, the little decisions along the way where if they could have had some of those back, you know, I think we'd be in a different space right now. But doesn't the characters and the personalities in the locker room have a lot to do with the success of the team and, and things oh, sure. meshing? Because I when we heard James Harden say that he was going to jab Kyrie himself. That was, it was a joke. It was <laughs> that a was joke, crazy. But, but, I couldn't believe best, you said the, that. The best jokes, the best jokes have a lot of truth in them. And I don't think, I don't think Kyrie was able to walk back 
uh, James Harden their relationship from that because because it was very serious how Kyrie was taking it from his standpoint, and you saw how Kevin Durant was talking about it in the in the news in the public about you know everything you said, your body, your choice. Uh, it's very serious X Y and Z, and we're not going to force this man to do what he he's not comfortable doing. But yeah, like this it, is one at of that those... point in time, it was James Harden or Kyrie Irving. And yeah. and I think James made the decision for everybody. This is one of those things that six or seven years from now, we'll see a 30 for 30 mm-hmm. about what exactly happened between those three and how this kind of got out of control. Because, I mean, you put James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the same team. You would think that they're all moving in lockstep. Right. James and James and Kevin have the history in OKC. Kevin and Kyrie have history right here in Brooklyn. You think James is just coming in and OK, let's just fit and make it work. I like we we need to know what happened and those guys are notoriously tight-lipped so maybe they'll tell me maybe they'll tell somebody else I don't know a couple years from now that story will come out was it 16 games they end up playing together the three of them like now is is it fair to say that obviously some reasons they can't injuries but like that just feels like I don't want to play with like it just feels like they didn't want to play together I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say they want they didn't want to play together I I would say that they definitely wanted to play together I, I would say the situation that Kyrie put everybody in and and that's where, you know, and I've written this, he's got to, you know, own up to how his impact, how his decision kind of just tanked this entire process. Right. Because now you've got James Harden overloaded or James Harden who came into camp out of shape now overloaded because Mm -hmm. Kyrie's not there. And then you have Kevin Durant getting hurt and, and Joe Harris getting hurt also hurt the Nets because you're losing that shooter that you didn't really get back until you traded for Seth Curry. There's just, if they had Kyrie the inside, and that's why that's why that's why I was thinking earlier. Hey, what happens if you had him part time? If you had him for half the games, yeah. is that enough to alleviate some of the stress from James Harden, who now knows? Okay, March we maybe we'll get the mandate reversed, right? Is that enough? It's man, it's one of the big what ifs. That's why there's going to be a thirty for thirty on this thing. I I completely agree. But listen, you can't always introduce your high school friends and your college friends to get there. You got relationships. <laughs> you absolutely are right. Wow, <laughs> yes. Does not yes. always mesh well, and this might just be one of those yeah. situations. So wow. with all of that in tow and everything we just talked about, the dates that we have coming up, Christian, ultimately, do you think Kyrie Irving is still on the Nets for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think, I think he is because I think the Nets know what's at stake here because what's at stake is being relevant, right? Because if, if Kyrie leaves, if, if Kyrie leaving has then an impact on Kevin Durant wanting to stay, you're, and now the Rockets have all your picks, right? You, you're back to now searching for that next diamond in the rough where you're not even going to have a good draft. You're back to D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and, and a bunch of overseas guys that you're trying to turn into something more than what they are, right? And that's not, they've come too far for that, right? To, to, to make that type of, of, course altering decision so i think they end up they're gonna have to capitulate here some and give Kyrie a deal longer than they might feel comfortable with they're gonna have to give him max money but you're knocking on the door of a championship every year and i think there has to be value to that the only way out is through in this situation gonna be fascinating to watch here (laughs) christian before we let you go i do have to ask because again in the interest of making sure relationships in the locker room are all all right i've always enjoyed no matter where i've been getting to have you on the programs what i always appreciated was that you were willing to come on and usually talk food with us you do a great job of canvassing the food scenes everywhere one of the last times you and i interacted online was after 
I called the Duke's Mayo Bowl and I was on screen <laughs> dunking things in mayonnaise. And I went back and looked up the tweet where you said I had sold my soul. And so I just wanted to see if you were in a place where you were able oh, to man. accept or come to forgiveness for what you saw from me. On Hell that no. <laughs> Hell no. You are out of here. You're gone. No, I mean, listen. Mayo is a very good base for sauces, right? Every sauce, every good aioli starts with mayo. But mm, just by itself, I don't know, man. I don't know that I could do that. That 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 takes some guts, man. Literally, I'm sure I'm sure you you had an intimate conversation with the bathroom later that night. So we were talking. <laughs> we were talking. We were doing right. we were doing some things here. Right. I just I just, I just needed to make sure we were cool. I just we, Oh yeah, sure absolutely, we man. Absolutely, bro. Well, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a spoonful of mayo like peanut butter. It, it was with a, a, a cookie. So, yeah, you know, exactly. there was, I mean, you were was, cutting it. it. It wasn't just pure. Yeah. We cut that and, shit. And, as, and as, 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 as people as, as people that grew up watching Undercover Brother. Stepping on I, the product. Unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, Unbelievable. Undercover Brother is 100% of the reason why I avoided mayonnaise for so long. Because you that movie both. internalized so oh, much in me. Man. Hot sauce good, mayonnaise bad. Oh, and it took man. me a while to kind of let it back into wow. my life. Undercover it's, Brother references on a... You know, this is why... I'm on. This is what this is what the people want to see. This is what no. This is what they want to hear. It's a podcast, right? It's an audio experience. This is what they want to see. Undercover brother references and hoochie daddy shorts (laughs) on this podcast. Not the hoochie daddy shorts, man. I thought we I thought we forgot about that. God, we 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 never memory. We never forget here, guys. Check them out. The New York Daily News. Christian Winfield doing an outstanding job covering the NBA and the Nets. And I'm sure we are nowhere close to done with this as we get towards the deadline. So Christian, we appreciate you giving us some time, man. Thank you. And I appreciate you guys for having me on. Also, if I might just add one last thing. Um, I lost my grandmother last Saturday, um, 96 years old, one hell of a run, uh, lung cancer and pneumonia. And I hadn't spoken to her since her birthday, which was in February. So that's February, March, April, May, and most, and some of June that I went without speaking to my grandmother before. Now, then the last seven days of her life I spent with her, she was in the hospital in Staten Island. I went from Brooklyn to Staten Island every day, but she couldn't hear what I was saying and I couldn't make out what she was saying. You know what I'm saying? So just to not to end this podcast on a down note, but call your loved ones, man. You never know when that conversation is going to be the last one you have with them, you know, so. Definitely. Thank make you for those that. Phone Thank calls, you for man. that. And sorry for your loss, yeah. brother. Yeah, it's tough, man. She was an amazing woman. God bless. I, I got another angel with me. So, hey, listen, man, oh, we are man. definitely sorry for your loss. We appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share that with us. Yeah. And, and like you said, it it's always great advice. Love your people. Hug your people. Check yeah. in on them because none of this is promised. And every day should be treated like that gift. So give thank them, you for sharing that. Man. Give them flowers before you're putting flowers at a tombstone. That's amen. That's amen. the way. Amen. amen. Christian, appreciate you, brother. Really appreciate you guys for having me, man. Anytime. You know the vibes. Absolutely. My man. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Awesome stuff from Christian. Damn it, Brandon. Are you not getting enough attention at home? Is that what this is about? You're not like, are you not getting like enough hugs every day? I've been desperately wanting to beat you saying, what's up, everybody? At the beginning, but I was like, no, I ain't going to mess with the podcast like that. I'm going to let them live. Let's get this thing started off good. But, you know, fresh off the interview, I thought I'd try it. You know what? You succeeded, and it screwed up the podcast just like you didn't want it to at the beginning. So I hope you're happy with that shit. Just like I hope people are happy with what we heard from Christian Winfield. And Brandon, I did want to ask you coming off that because you and I talked about the Lakers' possibility beforehand. We asked Christian his opinion. Do you think Kyrie Irving will be with the Brooklyn Nets, and do you think they should offer him something similar to what Christian talked about where maybe it is max money for fewer years? I think they should. I don't think he takes it. I no. The answer to your original question. I do not see Kyrie Irving playing for the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets next year because it's the easy answer and it's the simple answer. And if you Kyrie has taught us anything, it's lean towards the unexpected and the crazy and the excuse my language uh, speaking about it because of you know he's been uh, he's been accused of not being all the way there mentally, which I don't think is fair. But I like the option of him opting out, free agency, three-team deal, and go to the Spurs incubator. It worked perfectly for DeMar DeRozan. And I I would like to see Kyrie, like, be somewhere in limbo, kind of in waiting, sharpening skills until a team makes a real offer for him that – can be the long-term deal that he wants. But also, I just think realistically, he should know he's played himself out of max money long-term. I will say this. First off, the Spurs situation would be if he actually was a free agent. They're one of the teams with the cap space to offer him max money. The Lakers, the Knicks, these other teams that were floated around out by the Athletic would require that sign-in trade, likely multiple team trades, the way that Christian offered us okay. in that interview. Okay. I would say this. I just don't think that's how this league works, especially for players of his caliber. I think it would be interesting and highly entertaining for the reasons that Christian mentioned. I think it's far more likely that the simplest solution happens and that the Brooklyn Nets realize we have gone too far. I think Mm. they've made mistakes in the way that they've handled this situation and, you know, Again, putting faith in Kyrie Irving, we have seen, is always going to be a thing that you do at your own peril. But at this point, based on what Christian talked about, I think he's right. You have gone too far in this process to turn back now and risk losing everything. And everything, to be clear, has a name that is Kevin Durant. Like You Mm. have managed to lure in one of the rare players that can elevate a franchise and keep you relevant. And while it hasn't worked out on the court, mostly because of the injuries we've talked about, kind of the way that we assess the Lakers situation and point to Anthony Davis, you can say 
These are players that were injured before. Kevin Durant dealt with the lower body injury as a seven-footer when he was in Golden State. That certainly would make injury much more predictable going forward. But at the end of the day, this is a league about amassing superstars, trying to do your best to acquire and keep them. And at this point, Brooklyn has gone so far and made their decisions to try and work with this core. And I feel like cutting bait now risks unsettling all of it, quite frankly, in a way that would lose people their jobs more than likely. Mm. And man, most professional sports leagues, most jobs in general operate out of a place of self-preservation. So that's why I'd say ultimately that would seem like the best option. Give him max money. Maybe it's for a little bit shorter term. Maybe then it aligns with when Kevin Durant's deal would be coming up with the Brooklyn Nets. And that might be something that would be appealing to Kyrie Irving and to Kevin Durant to be able to operate in lockstep because they still do appear to, you know, at least publicly from what we've heard, be guys that are close, be guys that are friendly. And then maybe that ends up working out just because I don't think Brooklyn can afford to go back to the void where nobody gives a shit about them. Yeah, well, I think I think they can go back because they've been there before, and I think that's the truth about. But why? Most but why would you want to? Why would you want to nah, go back to where obviously. you were before if you know how that was? Like you did all of this to get there. Yeah, they don't want to. I don't think they want to. I, th- I also think that they have things working in their favor. One of those things being Kyrie Irving is living in his hometown now, playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Not obviously playing in Brooklyn, but uh, in West Orange, uh, ac- across the across the whatever you want to call it, NJ Pack, uh, not NJ Pack, but New Jersey Transit. And then also, I think Kevin Durant wants to play in New York for the Brooklyn Nets. And I think because of him wanting to be there, it's going to be a little bit harder to, to push him out. Obviously, it'd be easier if they get rid of someone like Kyrie Irving. But I do think that they want to play together. I do think that friendship is real. I don't think James Harden put a big enough monkey wrench in that. But I do think that the way the Brooklyn Nets have handled things, plus Kyrie Irving's <sighs> forcing the team's hand in a lot of different ways has has changed everything for it's made things a lot more hairy. But I do think that they are working with uh, two guys that want to be exactly where they are. And I think that can help them in the negotiations. I think they're working with two guys who assuming we know what they want is kind of a fool's errand. I think these are two of the hardest guys to predict. I think they're two of the hardest guys to predict in the NBA. And I think every time we think we know what they're talking about or know what they're thinking, I think, I think we're being silly. I understand that, but you have to understand the, the, the the variables and the factors that led them to be where they are right now. I do do think there's a lot of that. Yeah. But I I think think you just mentioned a lot of those things have changed. A lot of the stuff you just mentioned has changed along the way. So all I'm saying is for guys that are as private as these two are, and usually as tight lipped publicly on stuff like this as these two are, I just don't feel like trying to predict what they want is the way that I would forecast the situation. I would say what's smart for the Nets to do in this situation would be to hold through with that. They need to try and make that work because you've got guys that are here already playing with a dude that they like. Like that part, I think you're right about. They've got a relationship that seems to matter to those two. And you've got a superstar in Kevin Durant that's the most important person to keep happy in your building, period, end of sentence. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I, I got, like we talked about with Christian, no one should be surprised right that we're here right now. No one. No, that is for damn sure. You know where else we are right now, Brandon? Oh, shit. 
Yeah, Brandon, it's this, that, and the third. Did you really forget <laughs> that was a part of the pot? Was so no, I, 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 I thought I, you were doing a dramatic pause, and then I saw the look in your eyes that no one else can see but me, and I thought for sure in that moment, oh my God, he actually forgot about this thing that we do every day at the end of the podcast. I did not forget, but I haven't been instructed on what to do during it. So I, I felt that panic of like, oh shit, we're here right now, and I haven't had one lick of advice about what to do when we hit... This day and the third. Uh, so we did get one suggestion, by the way, at Gojo Show on Twitter is where you can follow us if you want to give us instructions or advice on how to handle the open for this, that, and third. Five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We Leave us a review it. there as well. Yes. And we got a submission from... Sammy Lads on Twitter that said, might I make this theme song suggestion for this, that, and the third? And it was The Choice is Yours by Black Sheep. Now, I don't, I, okay. Yes, that's, I gotta do some, I gotta do some research. I gotta do some research on how I can incorporate it into the fold, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Because I do think one of the solutions is just me seeing this, that, and the third in very, very different ways every time you go but yeah listen, i understand like maybe this song comes like you can get with this or you can get with that you can get with this so you can get with that you can get with this you can get with that you should get with this because this is the third oh no no this that the third damn that's that's what i should have did oh well, we're, we're working on it we're working on it i guess my point just was you did get someone who offered up some help and we want to reward those people who are kind enough to interact with our dumb ass show brandon let's get to this because this is something I think we put a pin in. Now, a lot of this is going to feel hyper-local, but walk with me. Mm. According to Front Office Sports, and per a report from the Neotrans blog, which is dedicated to learning and sharing news about developments in northeastern Ohio's economic transformation, the Cleveland Browns are ex- reportedly exploring building a $1 billion covered lakefront stadium. The Browns are working with the city of Cleveland to develop lakeside land that could include housing, retail, recreation spaces, and a land bridge to downtown. Now, courtesy of Mary Kay Cabot, Peter Jean-Baptiste, Senior Vice President of Communications for Haslam Sports Group, tweeted out a state or put out a statement from the Browns saying they have consistently communicated along with the city of Cleveland, the greater Cleveland partnership and other prominent local organizations that they've been immersed in discussing the best way to approach the lakefront's future. And the stadium is naturally a critical piece to the long-term execution. Now they went on to say that significant stadium renovation at our current site is the premise of the study. That's been a focus of how to, as well as how to access the lakefront drive density and create a 365 destination to a major development. All, all that is to say the Browns are saying, no, we just want to renovate the current stadium, but we're trying to work to develop this area. And we get into all these sort of local politics. There are issues around the company locally there that owns the naming right to the Brown stadium and first energy stadium. There are issues there locally with this, but Brandon, my first thought in seeing a lot of this Because usually on these where there's smoke, there's fire. We saw this happen with the Chicago Bears and the land that they were looking in to purchasing north of the city to potentially do something about a new stadium. My first thought with this was, I understand that everyone 
was going to pay above and beyond if they wanted to enter the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. But there is a part of me that assumes the worst in most parts of this situation that, man, maybe Cleveland was even a little bit more gung-ho to try and make this happen. Maybe that's why $230 million guaranteed felt like something they were so comfortable with as an investment because, man, you need a good team if you're going to sell something this seismic to a place like Cleveland that is going to... Listen, we always see the battles that go on between cities and teams when it comes to funding stadiums here. You need a team that's going to be performing and maybe, just maybe, I don't know this for sure, obviously, I'm sure a million people from Cleveland and Northeast Ohio are going to rush in and be able to explain to us the local politics of these situations and what lends it to here. But my first thought just coming in with national brain was, oh, this makes sense to why you were so willing to potentially sell your soul as a franchise to go after this particular quarterback who is still dealing with all the civil allegations for sexual impropriety in the name of making sure you had a product that you'd be able to sell to your fans if you did want to push for this new stadium in this new spot. Yeah, I think what's clear is, you know, most NFL teams want to push for a new stadium. They want that uh, that newness that's been attached to Jerry World and, and now SoFi Stadium. And for the Cleveland Browns, thinking in a vacuum, only about football and butts and seats, thought Deshaun Watson was a insurance policy to go ahead and, and continue on with these renovations and these changes in a way that Baker Mayfield hasn't uh, turned out to be. I just think it's another example of the Cleveland Browns and the, the powers that be just making a lot of poor decisions and making decisions poorly because they're making them in a vacuum where they're only thinking about strictly dollars and 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 games won i guess that's what you're supposed to think about but there's just so many there's so much else that goes into building a franchise obviously and the quarterback in the face of your franchise is that is that big piece and they could have used some of that money if they really wanted to make the stadium uh, the way they they want to make it that they're giving it to sean watson they could have used some of that money that guaranteed money that he's getting regardless if he plays a snap or not next year. Uh, yeah, they could have used some of that for these renovations. And I, I think they're going to need to find more money to dig themselves out of the hole that they've that created for themselves just in the signing of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, again, I, I don't claim to know everything about what's going to go into the stadium financing for this. There's a lot that still needs to be read, and I'm sure a lot that most people in Cleveland are aware of because in just reading the comments around this, it sounds like that land bridge is something that's been talked about for a while and not delivered on. But we tend to know so many of these big-time moves for players are made at times with larger ideas in mind. And once you see something like this that might potentially be a hard sell to people, now all of a sudden, I'm always going to assume in these situations that there are kind of big brain things at hand in all this that are being handled in a way that is pretty clumsy, the way that it's probably being the kindest in talking about this situation that anyone would be willing to be. So just something to keep an eye on for the future, and I think something interesting to mull over as we have got another team talking about potentially 
you know, doing what we've seen become the habit elsewhere. Because when you talk about building up the whole area, that is Patriot Place. That's what Green Bay, I, I remember seeing years ago, was starting to do around their city. Obviously, you mentioned Jerry World. We've seen it in plenty of other spots. Trying to Even the Golden State Warriors surrounding that stadium and arena, you try and build up these whole areas. In the NFL, it's usually about trying to get a bid for the Super Bowl, for the draft, one of these major events that you want to bring to your city. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, it's not just NFL. Like the Cubs did this with the with with their in Wrigleyville. Like I, I think there's a lot of money being put into turning these attractions in. Like let's let's be real. It's the it's the most popular TV show. It's the most popular uh, attraction. We're all going to be spending gobs and goobs of money to entertain ourselves at sporting events. This is just the right move to make. It's just unfortunate that Cleveland has made a bunch of wrong moves leading up to it. Yeah, and it's always interesting. Like the right move, it's the right move to make rich people a bunch of money. I never know. And this is, you know, people in certainly higher pay grades who have that's a better true. understanding of city economics and city planning than I do of whether that's a move that overall is good for those areas. I'll leave that to the folks in Cleveland. Brandon, let's get to that though, because lo and behold, I don't often get to toot my own horn on this stuff. I was a big fade candidate during the NBA's postseason for a fair amount of it. But I think we all could have seen this coming. I know Mike Ryan and the Panthers fan crew over at the Dan Lebitard show were the first to line up and tell you, man, oh man, if you think the Tampa Bay Lightning are just going to roll over and die, you have not had to live directly under their tyranny for the last mm. number of years. And Tampa Bay bounced back in a big way in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. They beat Colorado 6-2 to two as home ice shifted back to Tampa for that series. You saw a lot of familiar names in this one. Stamkos, Pat Maroon, and others getting in and and really Brandon cementing this one pretty early. It was six uh it was six to two at halftime or halftime, Jesus. Football brain taking over. It was six to two after the second period in this game. Tampa had a lead really the entirety of this game. And this looked like the kind of performance you would expect coming from a team full of defending champions who were coming back to a place that's seen a lot of high-level hockey. That's fair. I do want to mention, though, there was some kind of fluke thing that happened right at the beginning of this game, game three, that took points off the board for the Avs. I just want to say it was 1-0 for a little bit, and then then the barrage came. Uh, Tampa Bay had took their first lead of the series and never really looked back. It was pretty aggressive. Uh, it, it looked faster than I'd ever seen. <laughs> it was, it was a route and it was, a, it was not a game very, very early on, as you said, but we expected this, you know, they've been, they were down 2-0 to, uh, was it the, the Rangers right before this series and, you know, the two-time defending champions for a reason. And yeah, we expected it, but I'm still, still pulling and I was wrong. Yeah. I can say I was wrong. Yeah. Duh, I was wrong. But still, still hoping that Colorado ends the true reign of the Stanley Cup uh, final and just get the get the cup out of Tampa. Is that fair to say? Can we get the the hockey? Can we get the Stanley Cup the hell out of Tampa and get it to a cold weather city ASAP? 
I mean, why are you so eager to get it out of Tampa? What's wrong with Tampa? They've been fantastic champions. We're on the cusp of one of those all time dynasties. It's Florida. This isn't a roller skating ring. This isn't like a crazy man bath salts competition. This is hockey. Okay. And I just, I just want, I just want being a Detroit guy, Red Wings guy. It makes me feel better when the Stanley Cup is in a cold weather city. It makes sense to me. I can wrap my little small brain around it. Well, we, we want this to work out very well for you, Brandon. So I hope you get that. I'm sure the people of Florida will deal with everything that you've brought up here very rationally. And I, for one, am very much looking forward to that. <laughs> but Brandon, let's get to the third. Because we also talked about the College World Series yesterday. We talked about the Jello shots, which was obviously a ton of fun. We had the Jello shot bowl going on last night as we had earlier in the day. 14th seeded Auburn taking down second ranked Stanford six to two in the early window. And then Ole Miss and Arkansas of Jello shot fan base fame. Ole Miss runs away with the damn thing. 13 to five. They beat down on the hogs in this double elimination tournament. Obviously their odds going up tremendously, but I was pretty amazed at this note from ESPN reporter and writer Ryan McGee, who, among many things that he covers, auto racing, college football, and otherwise, also does a little bit of coverage of college baseball, and tweeted this out yesterday. The top national seeds in the Men's College World Series. Number one, Tennessee. Didn't make it to Omaha. Number two, Stanford. Just went 0-2. Parentheses. I think for the first time in 18 Men's College World Series appearances. Three, Oregon State didn't make it to Omaha. Four, Virginia Tech didn't make it to Omaha. In related news, baseball is weird. And boy, oh boy, is that truer than true here, Brandon. As we see, you know, the tournament continue to roll along in Omaha. It is just a reminder that baseball is always hard to predict, college, pro, or otherwise. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why you watch, though, too, because you you never know what's going to happen until a team just looks like they're completely out of sorts and outmatched but that's why the the way the college world series is set up and the, the double elimination round robin it's just so crazy anyways like we could talk about how unpredictable the game is but the tournament is set up in a way very uniquely to college baseball so these results are kind of expected yeah i i think to an extent And I don't know. Baseball has always just been funny for me in that regard. Um, Looking at what's to come in that, by the way, Oklahoma advances after beating Notre Dame yesterday. Notre Dame coming up today on Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, Notre Dame 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, going to play Texas A&M for the chance to go back and play Oklahoma yet again. We had Ole Miss topple Arkansas. So now you'll have Auburn and Arkansas facing off in that next round in the loser's bracket of this for the double elimination to see who goes on to face Ole Miss again before we get to the winner of all this. So very excited to see how that shakes out. Our Irish not yet down and out, but reeling a little bit in that Oklahoma monster getting some time to rest before Wednesday when they'll face whoever comes out of that matchup with Texas A&M fresh off beating up on Texas. I have no more words to say. There we go. Sometimes it can just be that simple. (laughs) 
<laughs> By the I, way, I, I do I do want to mention Michael Che. I've been watching that damn Michael Che on HBO Max, and he's had a segment about podcasting. He said he's a terrified of podcasting because it's too much damn talking, and he ends up he'll end up telling on himself. And I I've I've never been more fearful of my own job than understanding that that's just what we do on a daily basis. It's just uh, talk and tell on ourselves. More or less, you more than most. I was still amazed, and I had someone, Brandon, I had someone actually leave me a voice memo the other day saying they could not stop laughing when you talked about farting in the toilet bowl in a way that reminded you of your mother. Like, this person could not get air out of their lungs through their vocal cords to make the noises oh, that would properly encapsulate just how shocked they were by that. So you do make a habit of that pretty routinely on here, which we appreciate. Well, I hope I, I hope I, I hope I have more to tell. Well, you know what? It has helped with us be able to go out here and hawk this podcast people as always thank you to everyone that listens downloads subscribes rates and reviews you mentioned i was down at our good friend and former teammates john goodman and brian smith who are heading up the Notre Dame monogram club of indianapolis's golf tournament and while i was there did a little bit of guerrilla marketing got some people to sit there in front of me while i watched them very carefully yeah. download and subscribe to this damn podcast because we are not above going door to door and slinging takes to people and reaching person yeah. one at a time amen amen so if i have bullied you into downloading this podcast you're welcome and make well, they, sure you well, give us a five-star rating in a review when i told people to look it up they had problems understanding gojo and i was like it's gojo like yeah. what is confusing it's like is it is it a g and another g it's like no it's not it's gojo that like, would be gogo what do you, do you hear the words and thank you because those people have now subscribed so and i imagine they're at this point in the podcast so thanks again thanks we appreciate it sorry for bullying you we love you and uh thanks as always for everyone that manages to do that we'll talk to you tomorrow hey drew scott here and i'm jonathan scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from american family insurance they can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.